0: Welcome back to just these guys, you know. And today it is actually just a guy. Uh, Mike contacted me last night, and he has come down with the COVIDs, so he will not be joining me today. I did make an attempt to FaceTime him this morning, but he said every time he spoke, he broke out into some major coughing. So he he bowed out, begged out today. Um, but we're going to run with that theme a little bit. Uh, we are going to talk about not being here. And before I put the headphones on, I wanted to do uh, something, give a shout out to our friends in Australia. I found this. I don't know if you can see that. But a friend of mine had gone to Australia a few years back, 10 years back, 12 years back and uh, brought this back and gave it to me, and I've kept it ever since. I love wearing it, especially in the colder months. Um, But this is my Australia hat, and this is my Australia accent. G'day, mate. We will open the show today with an honor to Mike. If you're following along with the show very much, you know Mike loves his coffee, which is not actually coffee. It's uh, uh, sugar water, pretty much warm sugar water with whipped cream in it. And he loves to uh, pour the coffee into his coffee mug and that whole kind of ritual that he goes through every time he's on the air here. So, Mike, this is for you. So Mike's not here, and I wanted to kind of run with that theme. I've had a thought going through my head uh, lately, as these things do. Uh, been doing some remodeling to the kitchen, and as I'm sitting there remodeling, my mind's wondering. We've been talking the past couple of weeks about the eight-step model to changing your circumstances, changing your life. And we keep emphasizing that the change begins with identity. If you want to change the situation in your life, the situation, then you need to change your identity. And how that works is your situation is the result of your character. Your character leads to your situation and circumstances. What forms your character are your habits. Your habits lead to your character, which then lead to your situation and circumstances. What forms your habits are a whole bunch of little bitty behaviors that you are performing, and then some of them become habitual. So if you want to change your situation, you got to change your character, change your habits, change your behaviors. In order to change your behaviors, you got to change the decisions you make. Decisions lead to behaviors, which lead to habits, character, circumstances. Well, a large portion of our decision making is based on our experiences and our emotions, whether they're past emotions or current emotions. So if you're going to change the decisions you make in life, then you need to change how you experience life, how you feel about things. So if you want to change how you feel about things, then you need to change the way you think. And that's where I come in as a psychologist and I work very hard with people and learning to think differently. And I, I wrote a book, 12 to how to transform your mind so that you don't need to come to my office to hear what I'm going to tell you. Taking a look at how you think, not just what you think about, but how you think about things, changing how you think will then begin to change how you experience things present and past. As you change how you think, you begin to feel differently. You begin to make different decisions do different behaviors, form different habits, develop a different character, and change the circumstances. Well, if you want to change how you think, how do you do that? Well, you have to change your environments. Therapy is an environment. Church is an environment. What are you exposing your mind to? What are you watching on the Internet? Are you playing video games for three hours when you get off work? Or are you working out and listening to motivational um uh, you know, videos, motivational podcasts. Are you, what are you listening to? What are you, who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with people who love to blow money in the casino? Or are you hanging out with people who uh, enjoy painting or going for bike rides or going fishing? You change your environment, people, places, things, uh, playgrounds, playmates. And you begin to change how you think. You go to therapy, you go to church, you start hanging out with new people. Well, if you want to change your environment, how do you do that? You have to begin to change your identity. And so if I, you know, the example I lovingly use is if I see myself as a redneck, I'm going to gravitate towards redneck environments and feel more comfortable around redneck people. But if I want to change that identity and see myself as an academician, well, then it makes sense to go hang out at the university, go hang out around people who read books and do studies. If I'm wanting to change my identity, I at first it helps to kind of identify the identity I want. You know, Who do I want to be? Who do I want to be when I grow up? What kind of man do I want to be? What kind of woman do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? I take a look at where I'm at in my self-identity and I look to where I want to be in my identity and then that will cause me to gravitate towards new environments. Now it makes sense to go to therapy, take a class, go to these other things which will then begin to shape how I think and change my experiences, help me make different decisions to do different things form new habits, character, my situation changes. And as my situation begins to change, I am seeing the fruits of my labor. I am seeing I can pass these classes. I am seeing I can handle this new promotion at work. As those things happen, that feeds back into my identity and reinforces the new identity that I'm building. I'm scared to go to church. They're going to judge me. I walk into church. People greet me nicely. Hey, that circumstance, that it changes how i see myself i guess i'm not so ugly people do like to talk to me so this is what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks and today mike's not here which means he's physically not here but his his presence is still felt i, I can almost see him standing there at the microphone staring at me while he drinks his sugar water and gets hyped up but Mike's not here physically, but right now as you're listening to me, right now as you're looking at me on the internet, I'm not there. Right now, I am not with you. I, I'm a thought in your mind. I'm a tickling of your eardrums. Uh, I am a uh, an electronic signal on your computer screen. I I am not there. And, and yet you're listening to me. You're considering my words. You're you're thinking about me. I I'm with you, but I'm not with you. Mike's not here with me, but Mike is with me now that that can go many different ways and if mike were here that that conversation would go many different ways but i wanted to take it just a little bit deeper i'm i'm only a thought in your mind and you have an opinion of me you have a, a belief in who i am you you have identified me you you define me as a certain way you describe me to other people in a certain way and that may or may not be How I see myself, that may or may not be the way uh, Tish sees me. But how you describe me, that's my identity to you. So I have an identity of myself. So if how you think about me forms your identity of me, then how I think about myself forms my identity of myself. So technically... I'm not here either. Now now there's a lot behind all of this uh, that that I can't you know give you in a in a thirty minute episode here. but in psychology, uh, one of the things we're attempting to do is to know the unknowable. you know I, I can't read minds. I can't predict the future i don't I don't know what you truly feel. I don't know what you truly think. so we always talk about it in in academia as you know the black box trying to figure out what's going inside what's going on inside of a box that we can't actually be inside of you know what's happening in your brain we can't honestly truly factually know so we have to you know infer what's going on in a person's mind and and they illustrated that once in back in school they passed out these boxes and they had a couple of holes in the end of the box and we were given various tools like a flashlight and a you know dental pick and toothpicks and and you know magnet and stuff and we were the boxes were passed out to groups and we were to use our tools that were available and to try to identify what was inside the box what was rattling around and for 30 minutes, we had to sit there and try to shine the light in the hole and take the toothpick and stick it in there and see how the, the thing rattling around inside responded to the toothpick. Was it heavy? Was it light? You know, we were to write our observations down on a piece of paper, and at the end of the exercise, we discussed the difficulty of trying to decide what was actually going on inside the box without, you know, the proper tools to be able to look inside the box or the ability to ever really open that box up. And then at the end, we were allowed to open the box up and, you know, know, paperclip and, uh, you know, pencil, just random things were thrown in these boxes, but we had no way of knowing what was inside the box with the tools we had available to us. And that was, you know, kind of an illustration of what our job as a psychologist is. There, there's things going on in people's minds that we can never know as a psychologist. And so we have to use what tools are available to infer what's going on inside that person's mind. And as I was thinking about all of this, you know, we we're talking this past couple of weeks about changing your identity, which is essentially changing how you see yourself, how you think about yourself so if we can change our identity then you know by changing how we think about ourselves then are we really who we think we are you know i'm you know right now i'm a thought in your mind well that means in my own mind i'm a thought of myself as i see myself that's a thought why am i anchored to that thought. Why can't I change how I see myself? Why can't I change my identity? You know, we, we we spend our lives growing up in our, our families and our families are, you know, programming us. And, you know, theoretically there's there's two sources of, of personality two sources of identity. There's some biological predispositions, you know, introversion, extroversion, uh, energy levels, um, you know, there's just a few basic kind of fundamental uh, traits we all kind of uh, possess as a, as we're born, some more or less of the others, but then our environment presses on those biological traits. And so, you know, how my environment influences the traits that I already possess is going to change and determine kind of who I become, my personality, but but again that personality is my identity and my identity is how i see myself and based on how i see myself i then interact with the world so if i see myself as shy i'm not going to go out and talk to a lot of people because you know a lot of fears start to come forward what if they laugh at me what if they don't like me what you know and so i see myself as shy but am i really shy or do i just see myself as shy, And if I just see myself as shy, then I can change how I see myself and thus I'm outgoing. You know, how I see myself is saying I'm shy, so if I change how I see myself, then I can become outgoing. And so whereas our environment and our experiences have led us to who we are today, we are not forever bound by that. We can change how we see ourselves, and thus we can change our identity. We, and this is again nothing new under the sun. It was all written down in the Bible, and that's what a large part of what Mike and I have been doing over the past, you know, eight, nine, ten years. Transform by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. And transform implies that there is a former state and there is a future state. There was a state I was before and there's a state I will be in the future. So I must transform from who I was to who I will be. I must transform from who I see myself now or saw myself in the past. Transform from that state into the new state my new self my new identity and the bible says the old man is gone the new has come talking identity the bible says that you know when you were saved you were made whole you were you know a new creation you became and then it gives you the new identity who you have become so we have our our past state our current state and then we have been made into so, you know, parsing language there—it's a past tense. We once we're saved, we're made into something. So, boom—we are something new. But, <laughs> but our worldly brains—you know—whoa, that's too fast. We, you know, we got to catch up with it. So, uh, we have to transform our into our new self by renewing our mind. Transform by the renewing of your mind. Transform how you think about yourself accept the new identity how do you accept the new identity you change how you think And I, I got that I get it, I got it. Um, you know uh, shared a little bit about my past on this on the show you know when I was uh, younger I was you know rambunctious it was hard to stay in school I got kicked out of college, I went in the military, you know, did the thing sailors do, traveled the world, drank beer. How I saw myself, you know, uh, was very different than how I see myself now. But I'm, I'm that sailor who gets this notion that he can go to graduate school, and become a psychologist. <laughs> Why not? I get out of the navy, I go to graduate school, and I am a fish out of water. I, I'm, you know, just come out of a, a military environment where. You know, we think a certain way we we talk a certain way we we perceive the world different a certain way we have certain sets of politics and I walk into academia where they see the world differently and they think differently and they they process things differently and they do things differently and I I just you know was felt like I was constantly you know behind the eight ball because I was not I, I wasn't able to think like them or talk like them and you know it was a struggle to get through classes and, and put on this fake persona, uh, of, uh, a graduate student. And I was, you know, very worried about and when they finally, you know, I completed my dissertation and they said, you're, you know, you're eligible to graduate with your doctorate. I, I felt like a fraud. I did. I felt like a fraud. I, I, you know, I, me, you know, psychologist, no A doctor, no way. And, and, it was really an awkward feeling. You know, there it is on the wall, my doctorate, a year later, there's my license as a psychologist. And that's not me. You know, that's not who I saw myself as. In my mind, I'm still that, you know, screwed up 19 year old kid that, um, you know, ran from Texas to, to the military to escape his troubles and not have to go to work in the oil field anymore. Um, But how I saw myself didn't change just because they gave me a doctorate. That's who I was inside. Now, the world says you're licensed. The world says you're a doctor. That's not how I saw myself. And so it took effort of putting on the uniform of a psychologist every day and going to where psychologists hang out and doing the things psychologists do and reading the books psychologists read and talking to other people about psychology things day in and day out for me to transform into the identity that I had already been given. You you get that? In 1998, I was granted my doctorate in, in psychology, and in 1999, I was licensed by the board as a psychologist but I did not feel like one. And it was, you know, 2001, 2002 before I really began to feel like I am a psychologist. And so from 98, 99 to 2002, 2003, there was a transformational process happening inside my mind, how I see Myself, who I am in my identity. And so I think that's what the Bible is referring to is that when you're saved, boom, you are made into a new person. Now it's up to you to begin the transformational process, to put on this new identity so you can start having the situations and circumstances in your life unfold in the way they were intended to unfold for you. And so, you know, it's a really kind of deep philosophical, spiritual, ecumenical uh, concept there that, you know, Mike's not here today, but Mike's influence remains in the room. It is The reason I'm doing the podcast, the reason I'm talking about the things I'm talking about today is because of Mike's presence in my mind. And, and also in my mind, I have to recognize that Mike is physically not here, but if his presence can linger in my mind, then my identity is lingering in your mind and who you see me as being just based on what you're hearing or what you're seeing on a video camera. Well, that is, you know, one kind of snippet of what's inside the black box. And so that brings me all the way back inside of me in my mind, who am I? And is that a, I mean, once I die, the the light bulb goes out, I, I, my mentally, my mind, my identity no longer exists. So you know, if it's not a tangible, real thing that we can touch, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a thought, you know, then I'm the one creating that thought in my mind. So I can be Whoever I want. And, and so at the end of this, if you don't get anything else, get this. You can be whoever you want. You can live life however you want. You can have the experiences you've always wanted. You can be in the situation and circumstances you've always dreamed of. The only thing holding us back from accomplishing all of that is how we think first about ourselves and then secondly, about what is going on around us. And so it, it, it's not an instantaneous process. That you, you, know, you don't just listen to this one time and then suddenly run out and begin you know, living a whole new life. Uh, a gentleman I know recently uh, came to me, said he had saw me four or five years ago, and what that did for him. Whereas really no change ever happened in his life after seeing me, but I planted the seed. I, I gave him the notion that he could actually change how he thinks. And prior to our meeting, that had never crossed his mind that he could change how he thinks. Nobody realizes that we don't have to think about everything that falls in our head and we don't have to think about it the same way we did yesterday. And that my introduction to him was of that ability. And then he went and met somebody else who furthered him along that road and then he he met a third source who kind of really opened his eyes for him that the power of changing how he thinks and he came back recently and said you know he sees himself as a completely different person now and he's pursuing different things and he's pursuing things in a way that he had never pursued before and it all starts with changing how you think about yourself and, and you must understand and recognize and believe that there are zero limitations to you and your life other than those you place on yourself. And that seems like a good spot to wrap up this morning. Um, Everybody out there, do me a favor and say a prayer for Mike, that he heals quickly and gets back here next week, (laughs) Uh, and um, continue to pray in your own life about uh, Grace Point Church and their mission to pay off their building and uh, to see what God tells you about that. If uh, you can reach out and help them out with that process, uh, that would be wonderful. If God's leading you to spend your money elsewhere, that's fine too, but just ask that question next time you're you're in prayer is, you know, hey, what can I do to help Grace Point out? They've got a mission to pay off their building to free themselves from debt, from bondage to the visa, bondage to the bank, and uh, see if God leads you anywhere. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Mike, I hope we'll be back next week. Uh, until then, I am just one of... Uh, these guys, you know, we'll catch you next week.